Paul in this section is particularly dealing with the idea of wisdom. There's the wisdom that um, these other teachers are bringing, this kind of very human, clever-sounding wisdom. But then Paul started talking about the wisdom of the cross, God's wisdom, which is all about Jesus and his death on the cross. Okay, so there's a bit of context for you. Let's get in. 1 Corinthians 2, starting at verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept these thing, the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject merely to human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now you see there's a lot there talking about the Spirit helping us, so let's pray and ask for his help now. Heavenly Father, we need your help to understand your truth now. Lord, just with our own minds, we can't do it, but we praise you for the gift of the Spirit, and we pray that he now would help us to understand the truth about you, the things of God, and most of all, help us to understand more about the cross of Christ, that we would be changed, that we would love what he has to teach us this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. You'd think that if something was a good idea, everyone would just get it. Um, I like to think that if a good idea is presented before a bunch of reasonable people, like yourselves, um, then everyone will be able to understand that it's a good idea and, and go along with it. Maybe you've been in meetings or things where you've, uh, discussions where you've presented an idea and you think this is really good, it's really clear, it ticks all the boxes, and you present it, and people don't seem to get it. And it is utterly baffling. And so you think, well, maybe I didn't explain it clear enough. So you go over it again and explain it really, really clearly. And then they still don't get it. And you begin to realize that it's not a matter of comprehension. No, they, they understand. They just don't, don't like it. They don't get it as you do. A good idea isn't always accepted, even if it's a good idea. In a similar way, why is it that the message of the cross of Christ gets seriously mixed receptions? I was once asked, I was at a school and doing a Q&A with like year eight boys. And I was asked uh, by this boy, this is a great question. If the message of Christianity is that God is offering 
um, as a free gift, eternity in paradise, why don't more people accept it? I don't think this was a Christian boy. Why don't people accept it? Good question. How would you answer? You know, the free gift of paradise sounds like a good idea. Why doesn't everyone want it? But the cross gets a pretty mixed reception in the church as well. In the Corinthian church, we've been seeing how they really don't like the message of the cross very much. This is a church who are taking a look at the message of Christ, that he died to save us, which sounds like a good idea, and they don't like it very much. Instead, their attention has been caught by teaching, which is different, which, like I said before, sounds more impressive and humanly religion, religious. They, they, were, they were captivated by a kind of spirituality that talks more about power with clever, flashy philosophy rather than crucified son of God. Now, if, as Paul has said, the cross is God's brilliant plan to save us, why do we find it so hard to accept and love? Shouldn't it be just obvious to us all it's a really good idea? Well, perhaps there's something else going on when it comes to understanding the message of the cross that means that we can, we can comprehend it but not want to accept it. Now, if the Corinthian church struggled to accept the cross, well, what about us? How can we make sure that we accept the message of the cross? You know, if the church gets messed up when Christ gets pushed out, we need to know then as the globe church, how do we truly make sure we understand and hold on to the cross? So that's what Paul has got to teach us about now. And first of all, I want us to look at what he says about what it means not to understand the cross. And here's our first point. We don't understand if we don't accept. We don't understand if we don't accept. Have a look at verse 6. We do, however, this is Paul talking about his message, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So Paul has a message, God's wise idea. This is how he's going to save humanity. Christ is going to die on the cross, or he has died on the cross. But this wisdom, Paul says, is different to the wisdom of this age and the rulers of this age. Who are these guys? Paul is talking about the impressive people of our world, those spiritual guides, the intellectuals, the people who can tell you how to know God. Well, what kind of reception did they give to Jesus? Have a look at verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it. Jesus, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So Paul takes a look at the experts, the human religious and intellectual gurus, the kind the Corinthians really thought were brilliant. And he says, well, when Jesus came along saying that he was God's awesome plan to rescue humanity, they said, nah, this isn't how God's going to save us. And they crucified him. A big misunderstanding, perhaps. Maybe they just didn't understand Jesus. Well, it's really interesting because when you look at when Jesus was standing trial before the religious leaders of the day, the experts of the day, they didn't crucify Jesus because they misunderstood him intellectually. Oh, sorry, we thought you were claiming to be the son of God and that you're God's way of saving us. Oh, you're not. Sorry, we crucified you. 
No, they point blank asked Jesus, are you God's plan to save us? Jesus said, yeah, I'm the plan to save humanity. Fully getting this, they killed him. But in verse 8, Paul describes that response as, well, they, they didn't understand it. They didn't understand the plan of the cross. They didn't understand it. And here we begin to get the difference between understanding in a way that comprehends and understanding that accepts. And they're two different things. They intellectually got it that Jesus was claiming to be the Son of God and the Messiah. But they didn't get it. They, didn't, they understood, but they didn't understand in the sense that they couldn't accept that Jesus was God's way to save us. They didn't understand that Jesus really is the way God was going to save humanity. How do we know they didn't understand? They killed the Lord of glory. Like we said, you can be presented with a really good idea and, and not understand. People don't get that it's good. It's possible to comprehend the message that Jesus died to save us. But to not understand that this really is God's way to save us and we need to accept it. Understanding the cross without accepting it isn't true understanding. Look at verse 14. It says a similar thing. Sorry. Yeah, verse 14. We'll come to this bit later, but just see the accepting thing. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. There's this getting it but not accepting the message of the cross. Let me give you an example. I understand that marathons are considered a worthwhile activity by some. But frankly, I don't get it, okay? I can't accept for myself that this is a thing that's fun and good to do. Now, but you might say, in fact, Andrew Brakewell might say, because he likes running long distances, he may go, no, 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 Phil, you don't understand. You don't really understand the reward, the sense of achievement. You really, if you really understood it, you'd want to do a marathon. Do you see how you can understand, but not understand, not get it? And the difference is, do you, do you accept it, or do you just comprehend the idea? Go back to the gospel. God's A game for saving us is Christ. And seemingly, inexplicably, the brightest and best of Jesus' day took one look at Jesus, the Lord of glory, and wanted him finished. They didn't understand in that they couldn't accept that he really was God's way to save us. And you know what? That's funny because the brightest and best of our day take one look at Jesus and want him finished too. You know, if you go into our universities and you talk to our professors, the experts, there's one idea that's going to get you laughed off campus. It's that Christ crucified is the answer to the world's problems. Now, it's not that these aren't clever people. This isn't an intellectual problem. It's that people don't understand and accept Jesus. But here's the thing. There's one idea that churches throughout the centuries struggle to keep accepting. Christ crucified. And the Corinthian church is our example of this. They comprehended the message of the cross. Their issue wasn't one of intelligence, but gradually they'd grown cold in their hearts towards the cross. They didn't truly understand that the cross is God's way to save us, so they went elsewhere. See, we may get the facts. Jesus died to save us. But we may not be able to understand why you'd want it. Why do you, why you'd bank your eternity on it? 
So the challenge for us then is to not mistake intelligence or mere comprehension for true gospel understanding. Now, the Corinthians were suckered in by the the glam of human spiritual guides who seem to have so much understanding. But Paul says, they don't embrace the message of the cross. They don't understand at all. And we get suckered in too. Who do you choose to listen to? Who are your guides for knowing God? I don't care if they have a PhD in theology hanging on their wall. If they don't embrace the message of the cross as God's wise way to save us, the paper that PhD has written has the same value as toilet paper when it comes to knowing God. Study is good. PhDs are good. I'm not saying that. But if you want to know, how can I know God? Theology degrees and masters and doctorates are useless unless at the heart is the message of Christ and him crucified. I don't care if a pastor has a zillion iTunes downloads on his sermons or thousands of happy, good-looking people in his church. If Christ and him crucified isn't the heart and soul of their message, they're not the people we should be listening to to teach us about God. Look at verse 6 and what Paul says about these rulers. The end of verse 6. They are coming to nothing. These wise rulers are coming to nothing. So here's a thought. Every spiritual author you might have on your bookshelf is either dead or will die. Every pastor you have will die one day. And every spiritual fad, every new technique that will bring you closer to God will be forgotten if the cross isn't the heart. A preacher's popularity means zilch if they don't understand and have at the center Christ crucified. And you know what? I don't care if the Globe Church grows and you feel warm and welcomed or even intellectually stimulated by our sermons or we move to bigger venues. We understand nothing at all about God if Christ and the cross isn't the heart and soul of everything we do. We shouldn't care if someone has a certificate on the wall or a bishop's mitre on their head or a contemporary church filled with happy people. If they don't preach Christ crucified, they don't understand God. That's what Paul's saying. And they are unreliable spiritual guides for us. What about us and our understanding? Do you get the cross? Do you comprehend what happened? Good. But it doesn't stop there. Here's the question to ask yourself. Do you embrace it? Do you understand that Christ died for you? Do you understand that he offers you forgiveness do you accept a new relationship with god through the cross for you true understanding accepts and embraces the cross of christ we don't understand if we don't accept if the cross is such a good idea why then is it we don't understand and accept it Like I said, surely if it's a good idea, it should just be obvious to us. And we all go, yeah, Jesus, the cross, great. Well, let's move into that. Let's think about it. Why is it that we don't accept the cross? Look at at verse 9 with me. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Now, 
God has prepared something for those who love him. That is, before time began, God devised in his mind the way in which he would save the world. His son would die on a cross. And Paul quotes here from Isaiah to get to the heart of why is it we can't by ourselves accept the cross. Verse 9, we see it. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. Here's our second point. We can't understand by ourselves. We can't understand by ourselves. Do you see how universal it is in verse 9? No eye, no ear, no human mind could come up with, could conceive of the idea that Christ on a cross would be the center of human history. All humans could not by themselves figure out the way God would save us was the cross. It's just not what you come up with. If we passed around a piece of paper, several pieces of paper, lots of us, and we all put down, okay, here's how I would save humanity from sin, from death. My guess is that it would involve lots of power and probably humanity proving that we can do it. Our plan for how to save the world would involve us being the heroes, probably. We like that. But we would never come up with, oh, the Son of God will die. (laughs) Because that just looks too much like failure. And it doesn't involve us being awesome. And we like to be awesome. (laughs) The cross looks stupid to us, and it makes God the hero, not us. So as humans, understanding and accepting the message of the cross is impossible. Because it's not a human idea. It comes from the mind of God. from the mind of a different order. Look at verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? The mind of the Lord. Imagine with me a bunch of ants getting to grips with the theory of relativity from Einstein, okay? These ants really want to know about the theory of relativity, but they're not going to be able to get it. And it's not just a matter of intelligence. It's that the mind of a human and the mind of an ant are just of different orders entirely. Ants think about anti-things, like building ant hills in the the winter, antifreeze. But humans think about things like the theory of relativity. I'm sure some of us think about it anyway. Ants and humans just think and operate on different levels. Now imagine a human peering into the mind of God. How is that possible? How can an ant understand what a human understands? How can a human understand what God conceives of in his mind? We've all struggled at times, probably, to really understand what another human is saying to us. They say, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. And indeed, who knows the mind of a woman? It it, it can be hard to comprehend what someone else is saying. We have to work hard at understanding each other. It works the other way too. Now, if we struggle to understand another human, if we even struggle to know ourselves and our own thoughts, what chance do we think we have of figuring out the plan of salvation that comes from the mind of God? And we have this great image in verse 9, the things God has prepared. God has prepared something for those who love him. And in verse 7, we go back in time. That God is destined for our glory Before time began, I love how space telescopes, which peer into space, show us images from millions of years ago. 
because the light takes so long to get back to us. It's an awesome thought. This star has been and gone and we're just catching up. The gospel idea, the cross of Christ, was devised in the mind of God before time began and we're just catching up. And the Corinthians and we have the arrogance to come along and say, no God, have another try. No God, what you've prepared in eternity past is too bloody, sacrificing your son. No God, what you've prepared doesn't focus on humans being heroes enough. We don't get to do anything. I mean, who do we think we are? Verse 16, who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? We don't advise God. This is God's idea, devised in the divine mind before time began. And little us come along and we push Christ out of it. Rubbish plan, God. Make it more powerful and human sounding. We can't understand God's plan of salvation by ourselves. It's how God thinks it should be. It's how God says it's best. And this is really humbling for us. If you're a Christian, just remember this. You didn't figure God out. You didn't climb your clever ladder and embrace Jesus of your own accord. You didn't look within and find the spiritual light and find your way up to God. No, God's plan to save us is way beyond what we would expect. It's naturally dumb and foolish to us because it it wasn't devised by us. So if you begin to feel proud about the complexities of what you understand about God or or of your, your kind of passion for God, one thing you can be sure of, that didn't come from you. You didn't come up with those thoughts. You didn't come up with that passion. Does this feel a little bit disempowering to you? Good. It should do. We're supposed to open our Bibles and feel like, I haven't got a hope of understanding this or accepting this because it comes from God. But actually being disempowered, now that's a good place to be because when you're, that means you're ready to receive help. We can't understand by ourselves. So, how on earth do we understand? How can we understand and embrace and accept the cross of Christ? Well, we're going to turn to that as our final point. We can understand by the Spirit. Now, it wouldn't take you long to spot that the Spirit is all over these final verses. Just look at verse 10. We have by his Spirit, the Spirit searches things. Verse 11, we have at the end the Spirit of God. Verse 12, the Spirit who's from God. You get the picture. The Spirit's big here, right? So let's have a look. Verse 9 has told us that humans, we can't figure out God's plan of salvation by ourselves. Verse 10, however, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. If our human minds can't understand and embrace that the crucified Messiah is the way of salvation, then we need something not human to enable us to understand. Put another way, we need someone to reveal this to us. Who does that? The Spirit. Verse 10, these are the things God has revealed, made known to us by his Spirit. We can understand by his Spirit. Well, how does that work? Verse 11, Paul tells us. Thank you, Paul. Verse 11, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. Now, I've been told that I have a rubbish poker face. 
I blame my dad. In fact, we were talking about this the other day. And we're saying how when we're in meetings and stuff, and if we're happy or we're sad, we can't hide it. We're just like, you can just read us. Okay? But even if you can read my poker face pretty easily, you still don't really know my inner thoughts. As well as you know me, you will never really know my thoughts as well as I do. And Paul says it's the same for God. Verse 11, halfway through, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. No one knows Phil better than Phil. No one knows God better than God, the Spirit of God. God is one and he is three persons, Father, Son, Spirit. And the Spirit, who clearly here is fully God and so fully gets God, is our hope for getting it to. If we can't make our way up to God's mind and know and love um, his plan of the cross, what if he himself came down to our minds and helped us know and love his plan? Well, that's the job of the Spirit. Verse 10, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. And then, get this, this is what the Spirit is like. This is why he can reveal. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Here you see how our minds are like ants compared to God's. The Spirit searches all things. That's big. He gets everything. To say the knowledge of the Spirit is encyclopedic just doesn't do it, right? He makes the internet look like a beginner's guide to the alphabet. You know when Google, when you search for something, says Google found 8.2 million results in 0.52 seconds. Google, schmoogle, the Spirit searches all things. He knows everything. Oh, but more, even the deep things of God. Imagine the mind of God is this vast ocean and the Spirit swims to its deepest depths. The person of the Spirit fully comprehends everything God thinks and more. He doesn't just comprehend. He accepts and he loves it. Well, if only he could help us. Verse 12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. We have received the spirit who's from God. We can understand and accept what God has freely given, that is, the cross, by the spirit. Now, we've got to be careful because when we start talking about the Spirit, we can start getting all weird, right? And uh, does this mean then, if it's the Spirit, that we need some kind of spiritual technique that we need to tap into so that we can know the mind of the Spirit? Ah, That's way too Corinthian. That's all about human technique. How does the Spirit work in us and reveal to us? It's actually quite straightforward. Verse 13. You'll read it. It doesn't sound straightforward, but let me explain. This is what we speak not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Now, Paul's there talking about his message, what he speaks. Christ crucified, the message of the gospel, is the spiritual reality that Paul teaches. He speaks the message which the Spirit then helps us understand. Do you see that's quite straightforward? Message is spoken. We hear it. Spirit helps us understand. We're not doing any fancy technique there. 
the words taught by the Spirit aren't found on the top of a Himalayan mountain or on this spiritual shelf in Waterstones. The message taught by the Spirit is, Jesus died for you, and he rose again to give you new life. If you want spiritual guides, you need people who are going to speak spiritual truth to you. That truth, Jesus died on the cross to save humanity. But the Corinthians went for the opposite message and the opposite people. And we get them again in verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Remember the boy's question to me, if the message of Christianity is that God offers a free gift of paradise with him forever, why don't people accept it? Well, part of the answer is they don't have the Spirit. We can comprehend the idea of the cross but not accept it. Instead, we willfully, because of our sin, look at the cross and say, that's foolish, I don't want anything to do with it. And without the Spirit, we cannot look at the cross and discern, this is God's plan for salvation, I want in on it. Basically, we need help. We need help. And that's good news because Paul is saying we can understand by the Spirit. We can understand by the Spirit. Now, as Christians, we talk a lot about grace. We talk about how we can't save ourselves, but that God gives us the gift of Jesus to save us. What I want us to see is that our need of God's grace doesn't stop with Jesus coming. Then it's up to us to figure Jesus out and make our way over to him. Our understanding and accepting Christ for ourselves needs the grace of the Spirit. We could call it a revealing grace. Basically, we need help to understand and love this. Now, the Corinthians, they're attempting a graceless spirituality. Their spirituality misses the key ingredient, the Spirit. They've forgotten they need God's gracious help by the Spirit if they're going to understand God's ways. Instead of listening to humans without the Spirit, but who sound impressive, they should be getting on their knees and asking the Spirit to help them understand the cross. But Paul is full of hope. We little ants can know the good news that was devised in the mind of God. I mean, get the last sentence. Man, you could do a sermon on this. I'm not going to, don't worry. We have the mind of Christ. Look how hopeful that is for Christians. We have the mind of Christ. The ants have the mind of Einstein. Because of our close, united relationship with Jesus Christ, we're, we're one with him. We can understand him totally, truly. So you might be all signed up to the idea that we're saved by grace, God's gift, God's work. But I want to ask, do you, do you read by grace? Do you hear the message of the cross and the Bible by grace? Understand by the grace of the Spirit? This all means we need to read on our knees. As we listen to the Bible preached, as we seek to grasp the message of the cross, are we on our knees saying, Holy Spirit, help us see. We need help not just to comprehend, that's hard enough, but then to accept what we hear. We need help. Perhaps you worry that you've not got what it takes in you to know and love God. You sit in Bible studies, maybe you come to focus, 
And it's so hard to understand. You know what? But more than that, you find Jesus hard to love. You find the cross hard to hold on to. In all honesty, entertaining preachers in a happy church does feel more spiritually tangible to you than a message about a cross. Well, you're right. You don't have what it takes to know and love God. What we need is God's revealing grace to help us understand, accept, and embrace Christ for ourselves. So your mind might feel very dim, lacking understanding. The good news this afternoon is that God himself, by the Spirit, switches on the lights in our minds. Ask him to do it. Your heart might feel very cold towards the cross. God himself, by the Spirit, gives warmth to our hearts that we can love Christ on the cross. So how as a church will we hold on to the cross? By ourselves, we won't. But by the Spirit, we can grow to understand, love, and embrace Christ crucified. So let's pray. Let's pray. Father, even now, as we've just listened and read your word, humble us. We can't understand this. We can't love it. We can't live it without your Holy Spirit. Oh, but thank you that you're not stingy. You don't sit up there and laugh at us for not being able to get it, but you reveal. You are generous with your grace. You give yourself, your Holy Spirit, to us so that we can know. Thank you that as your church we have your Spirit. And I pray that you would help us, not just now, but throughout our life as a church, every day as we open up your word on Wednesdays and Thursdays in focus in our Bible studies, please give us the grace of the Spirit to reveal spiritual truths about Christ. Lord, we don't want to take it for granted that we're going to be a church and people who keep on focusing on the cross. Pray that the Corinthians would be a warning to us. Oh, but thank you for the hope. We have the mind of Christ, that gift of grace that he saves us, that he came and died and he rose again. And then when he ascended, he gave us that precious gift. He sent his spirit so that we can understand. Lord, open our eyes. And even now as we turn to sing and to take the Lord's Supper together, would your spirit open our eyes, the eyes of our hearts, that we may see how beautiful and wonderful Christ crucified is for us. And it's in his name we pray.